Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Robert I'm your host. A thrilling an extremely unexpected finish to a what was mostly a pretty boring Monday night football game between the Rams and the Raiders ends with the Rams winning 17-16 as Baker Mayfield. Who? Baker Mayfield, the bank show, who had been, who was claimed on waivers on Tuesday after being released by the Carolina Panthers, leads two late touchdown drives. The first one. 17 plays for 74 yards and a score on a uh, Cam Akers touchdown plunge, I believe, to cut the score to 16-10 after the Rams got a stop. Baker Mayfield led another touchdown drive of 98 yards, 71 yards, you know, 27 in penalties, but you get the point. 98 yards for a game-winning touchdown. Matt Gay's extra point, the winning score. Joining me to break down what what a what a reverse bookend between Monday night and Thursday night. Brian Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Yeah, Breach, this game started off with Al Michaels complaining about the PA announcer yelling too loudly while he was trying to do his job, and it ended with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield ended up. And Breach, here's the funny thing. Like midway through the game, I made a note because I want to talk to you about the Raiders invent of special teams of allowing a holder to put the ball on top of the tee to kick off higher. And that's not even that's bullet point seven right now. Maybe, you know, what's funny is Wilson is mentioning that because that's how boring the first three quarters of this game was. We're going to spend this podcast talking about people holding on kickoffs and then Baker freaking Mayfield happens. Guys, I have my dangerous shirt on. I'm feeling dangerous. Baker's feeling dangerous. Let me just say that after watching the Monday night game, you know, it was like, wow, that's Tom Brady. I can't believe that happened. I'm like fired up for this one. I cannot. Baker Mayfield got off a plane on Tuesday, spent 24 hours learning the offense and beat the Raiders in a game he didn't even start. Are you kidding me? How did this happen? I would argue. Brandy Clade. I would argue that. I would argue that. He scores the, the Monday Night Football game. 17-16. I would argue that Baker didn't learn the offense breach, and that may have helped him in his quest to overcome the Raiders. Um, that was amazing. And this is, I'm not even, no hyperbole, I'm not even kidding. This is the most improbable win of the year by any measure, and it actually rivals for me in terms of fun to watch factor, but in terms of improbability, the, the Bills 
Chiefs playoff game last year, 13 seconds. Like this is up there with that for me in terms of just sheer no way this happens. I I don't disagree with that. I mean, this is this is insane. This should not this should not have happened. This is a really bad loss. By the way, the I'm happy for good for Baker. Like Baker got crapped on. Leave it. I mean, Kevin Stefanski tried to kill him last year. We can all agree. He was injured. He refused to run the ball. He wanted to see if Baker would literally break into pieces. He didn't. Went to Carolina. It never really worked. He won the starting job, and things went south at the moment he stepped on the field. Got benched. Demoted the third team. He asked for his release. He got it. And as you mentioned, Breach, he you know, takes the Greyhound bus out west. As soon as he steps off, like the bus doesn't even go to the hotel. It goes right to SoFi Stadium. And he moonwalks in there and just starts winging passes around to people he, he whose name he he probably literally does not know in the huddle. There's no chance he can pronounce Skronik. He just said, hey, man, just go out for a pass. I'm going to throw it to you, Ben. It, it just everything about this game was mind-blowing. It was you have Baker coming out on fire throwing three passes of 20 yards or more in the first half, and it was like I think he was like three of eight at that point. That The accuracy numbers weren't too high, but it was like whatever. He just – He's playing this first game for the Rams ever. He doesn't know the playbook. He's out there throwing bombs, and Derek Carr couldn't do anything. And so for him to do it, he did in the second half. He went 19 of 29 in the second half with the game on the line when they needed him, and that's just mind-blowing. I mean, Sean McVay just went to the locker room. He's like, all right, John Wolford, you're back on the practice squad, buddy. Or you're it, Baker's our guy going forward. Uh, he's going to tell Brinson's boy, Matt, if you don't feel good, if you want to retire, feel free. Me and Baker, we're we're attached at the hip now. I love this guy. Stafford, you can introduce Baker during his Hall of Fame <laughs> induction. How about that, Matthew? <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Why did John uh, Wolford get three snaps? Did he decide then his neck was hurt or they just wanted to see Baker? Like, do we know what happened there? I, I think uh, that. No, I think it was just like, yeah, screw it. Well, it was three <laughs> snaps. Working. Three and out, and yeah. and uh, McVay's thinking, well, if we're going to go three and out, we might as well go three and out with the wild card guy who might yeah. do something crazy. Do you think Baker's success, and look, we can get into Jerry Taylor being a huge and utter dumbass uh, in a minute on the football field. He might be a great person otherwise. But do you think Baker's success has anything to do with the fact that the expectations were negative infinity? Like, uh, uh, Cleveland, obviously, first overall pick, the expectations there were throughout. Um, well, Carolina, actually, the expectations well, were there because he was – he won the starting job, and he was supposed to be their savior as much as it could be. And then here he just shows up, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to street ball it and see what happens. Can I uh, sort of reverse engineer your last two questions? Um, of course you can. What uh, Do you think and, – and maybe I'm giving uh, Sean McVay too much credit here, but do you think that Sean McVay's plan – I mean, because, look, the Rams had three wins coming into this game. Seven-point dogs at home. Do you think that there's a chance that Sean McVay was like, we're going to start Walford, so, and, and he told everybody that, but not publicly? And then his plan all along was to bring Baker in after the first series. So there would be no pregame hype about Baker starting. And like, it really only started to bubble up when Steve Weiss started tweeting about it from down on the field when he was talking to people with the Rams. And he was like, I think Baker might play. And then you started to hear like, you know, it was sort of getting mentioned like, oh, Baker may play because it, with, with the idea being that he has, you know, two, two days with the Rams. What better way to let a guy like Baker sort of play than just play like, like you're saying Wilson let him play loose by not having him start and just give Walford three three give him the first series if he goes down and scores then you know you stick with Walford and if not you go to Baker you know what I'm saying oh sense. my light went out no nah, it makes sense that it was uh 
you downplay it. You, there's no need to put any pressure on Baker Mayfield right. or on anyone else. You're a three and nine team. There shouldn't be any pressure on anyone. And so by saying, Hey, look, Walford's starting, uh, nobody's even thinking well, about Baker Mayfield. Walford starting. Right. I, I was saying you just you 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 just act like Yeah, but typically when a guy gets traded 48 hours before arriving with this new team, there's no conversation he's going to play anyway. So the fact that that was leaked leads me to believe that there was some conversation about him playing. If you really didn't want him to play, as my light keeps going in and out, you don't even leak that at all. So, I I mean, I I suspect maybe Wofford was going to play, and then maybe his neck was acting up. Because I can't imagine you just take – I mean, there's no pressure on Baker. This team is three wins. If they lose, they are literally out of the playoffs. So there's nothing to play for. Well, remember, and you can see this if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're watching on YouTube, Wilson can handle that light. Hit smash the like button. Uh, D, uh, B, D, Billy's probably in the uh, the comments here. We'll give away some Paramount Plus gift cards. Got to give them away this month. We got a bunch of them. So smash the like button so we can give them to you. Remember, he came off the bench for Tyrod Taylor breach uh, in that first game with Cleveland. And you sort of like, I, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is, do you think McVay may have like built in the idea that Baker, like he did, he was never going to start Baker because that would be an insane amount of like to announce that ahead of time would be it's too much. It's, it makes the whole team weird, et cetera, et cetera. Baker is the type of guy where he's like sort of an, an adrenaline shot where you bring him in off the bench and he performs out of his mind. I mean, he has two double digit comebacks in his career, and one is the first game with Cleveland and one's the first game with LA. Like, like what I'm saying is, I agree with you, Wilson. I'm just wondering. Oh, I'm making hand signals because my light keeps going in and out. It's uh, nobody can really tell. Um, do you think Sean McVay had this? Was this like a a contingency plan or a general plan, or do you think it was just sort of random? What does random mean? Like, do you? I mean, do you think he? Because we, I think Sean McVay saw Baker Mayfield at the walkthrough Wednesday. Uh, saw him throw a few balls. Said, "All right, this guy's definitely playing," and uh, I'm going to talk to him tonight. Find out how comfortable he is with the playbook because. We only have 10 plays we can run with them because he just learned the playbook. And if he's comfortable, I'm going to put him in tomorrow. I don't know when. I'm going to let my gut tell me. And uh, his gut told him to do it on the second possession. That's kind of what it felt like happened. There was no grand plan here. There can't be a grand plan. He's been in L.A. for less than 48 hours. It was, I'm just going to roll with however I feel I should roll. You know what the takeaway is for me? And we'll see how Baker plays the rest of the season. He may revert to Baker, or maybe he continues along this path. But maybe the takeaway is, and we saw this during the telecast when Herb Street – had John the the audio John Wofford reading a play that was 45 seconds long. Maybe the idea is to simplify things. Like if you tell Baker, hey, throw to the guy that's wearing the same color shirt as you and just see what happens. That seems to be a lot more effective than memorizing 4 million plays and and trying to decipher a bunch of stuff. When at the end of the day, you just, like I said, you street ball it up and, and whatever happens, happens. You start to feel dangerous. Dangerous. That is creepy to look at breach. Sorry, you guys don't have your dangerous shirts. And I got my Miami shirt on to represent Shawnee McVay. Don't, let's not call him Shawnee ever again. Uh, well, um, he's, not friend, he's my friend. No, I mean, I, I guess <laughs> I, 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 maybe, maybe I'm just phrasing it poorly. But I'm just wondering if, like, Sean McVay was thinking, F it. We have nothing to, like, we're, we have three I wins. think that's exactly what he said. We have no first-round draft pick. I'm going to play Baker in this game yeah. if, if Walford struggles at all. He just didn't want to start him because if you now if you if you have to if you announce Baker's and the the Rams by the way were the social media team was like being like very coy about Baker the like they kept they didn't you think the social media team would have any insight as to who's playing though you don't find that suspicious you don't find that suspicious I do find it suspicious because like they were like pregame fit and went straight up to Baker's thing it was almost like they were. 
I, I, like, I don't think Sean McVay is telling him to do I, I'm just saying it, it was the hook on Walford was uh, so quick. But again, maybe it's a neck. Maybe it's just uh, let's put him out there and see what he has and it didn't look good. And to Breach's point, if we're going to lose, let's lose with uh, Dangerous going out there slinging, slinging that. Well, thing. and I think any reasonable person would agree that Baker Mayfield is more talented than John Wolford. <laughs> so it was going to be just a matter of if right. he can handle playing this game, we're playing Baker Mayfield. And so I think that's kind of what it came down to. I also think that um, Baker is very – I don't want to say cut out of the same mold as Sean McVay, but I could see, like it's not hard to imagine Baker Mayfield and Sean McVay getting along and having the same sort of intense personality. McVay a little more or a little less uh, abrasive, perhaps, and, and aggressively loose than Baker Mayfield, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. Whatever. There are two peas in a pod. I mean, that's really feels like why this worked. It was look, Baker Mayfield only threw six passes. In the first half, and it's not like they were down 27 to three where he had to throw 29 passes. Clearly, Baker and McVay talked at halftime. He's saying, You know what, coach? I think we can do this. As crazy as it sounds, we might be able to dice this up as long as Max Crosby doesn't kill me. And by the uh, way, in the first half, things could have been different in terms of um, the second half, as you talk about fewer passes if Cam Akers didn't fumble the ball because Sean McVay was ready to, to jump out of his skin when that happened because they were about to score at the very least three points. And, and then uh, I think Chandler Jones punched it out in the first half. So that didn't help. But they were doing a lot of things right. And that's the best that offense has looked in, in quite some time. And Breach, I find it quite interesting that Brinson has not mentioned his dude, Matthew Stafford, once. He's off the Stafford bandwagon. He is now driving the Baker Mayfield 18-wheeler. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Baker guy. The idea of Matthew Stafford and Baker are the same quarterback depth chart. Is... You've never once talked up Baker on this podcast. That's just patently false. Do you remember that, Breach? Uh, I'll have to go back and listen to every podcast <laughs> for the past five years, but I'll I'll get back to you. Baker's my number one quarterback coming out of I love Baker. He's my number one quarterback coming out of college. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward. Sorry, I'm trying to add up the – I'm curious what the – so. Uh, the the Saints were up 16-3 with eight minutes and six seconds left on, on Monday Night Football. Tom Brady, 21 plays, 157 yards, two touchdowns in four minutes and 47 seconds. The uh, Raiders are up 16-3 with 12-25 left on Thursday Night Football. Baker, 25 plays, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Now it took 10 minutes and 36 seconds. I was trying to add up the just to see what the numbers were for the two guys on the drives. And they both finished 17-16, by the way. Um, I don't know, just kind of an ear, like a very bizarre like combination of Monday, Thursday night football, two weeks that are unrelated. And well, and, and to that point, Brenton, uh, fun fact from our CBS Sports research team NFL teams are three wins and 70 losses this year when they are down by 13 or more points in the final five minutes of a game. Uh, two of those three wins came in the past 72 hours with Brady and Baker Mayfield, uh, and the other one came by the Jets in week two against the Browns. Uh, that's it. That's to, to tack onto that, Billy makes note that the Raiders are the fourth team to lose four games in a season after leading by 13 or more points. The others, the 1998 Colts, which is Peyton's first year, the 96 Patriots, and the 82 Rams. Ouch. I don't remember. Um, Vince Ferragamo right, so, might have uh, been there. Very quickly that? before we go to a break, I'm just curious, and I, I have a good idea what you'll answer, but I, I am curious what you think about the... The Rams are not making the playoffs, so don't even say it. That's, I got the list. I made the story. It's possible. <laughs> what are you going to ask? The Rams uh, making the playoffs. Everything that needs to happen. Uh, well, you do? Do you have the list? Go ahead. I'm sorry to sidetrack you. What was your question? Well, that's, if you have the list, I want to hear what, what could happen for that. To- It'll be after the break, but for now, I want to hear your question. You already made that list? It's his job. Please ask the question. 
Oh, you made it before Thursday. I made it before the Thursday okay. game, assuming they were going to win in spectacular fashion because Baker was feeling dangerous. <laughs> um, I, I was going to ask what what we think the long term viability of Baker in Los mm-hmm. Angeles is, and I, again, I know what you'll say about Matthew Stafford. His contract makes it like Baker would have to take a backup but willing to compete job i think you are the contract you two are the contract guys like with cliff kingsbury and all that other nonsense i am not the contract person if you find someone that you like and you think I, it can work I'll you roll you, with them i'll tell you what pete prisco is uh oh boy Uh-oh, we lost the prisco internet gremlin just killed right. brinson yeah well with stafford's contract the only way that's going to work is if he decides to retire but if he's that banged up he got a super bowl ring uh, you know, he's played over a decade in the NFL and maybe he decides, look, I don't need to deal with this anymore. I'm pretty much set. And if that were to happen, then Sean McVay can say, all right, you know, what? Well, I got Baker Mayfield right here. Maybe I'll try him out. But if Basically, anything, he pulls a Blake Bortles. Well, I mean, that's what it feels. The important thing here, though, is that if anything, it does wonders for Baker's free agency, especially if yeah. anyone can make baker mayfield look good it's going to be sean McVay in this offense and so what this is going to do is get baker mayfield paid in march he probably should get 10 percent of his next contract to McVay. well hold uh, on let me ask you though this is game 13 they're four and nine i mean we got to see baker the right because baker could baker it up so if you're baker you might want to say you know what i injured my elbow i can't play the rest of the year and then get paid because there's a chance he reverts well south yeah. of the mean but McVay got jared goff to the super bowl like i just think that he can make Baker look good. And so no, I agree. I don't disagree with that. My concern is that if Baker starts overthinking things or Baker makes a mistake, because on that on that last drive, he threw an interception. It was pass interference. The very next play, he was sacked by Max Crosby. And the right, game but was, that interception happened because of the pass interference, because the right receiver point, off I, his route. No, I get all that. My point is that if it had, in fact, been just a regular old Baker interception, we're having a different conversation. Maybe Baker's confidence goes in the crapper. I, I'm so glad that he has success. I love all that stuff, but I, I don't want to say – I don't want to crown his ass just yet because we have a few more games to play where he could average it out. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, to your, to, I don't so Brenton, while you were gone, we said Stafford should retire and the Rams should sign Baker to a 15 year contract. That's, yeah. that's, that's about right. Um, I think Stafford's deal is such that, um, you know, they, I mean, they gave a pretty decent extension. Yeah. It's, it's we did say there's no way out of it really unless he retires. Yeah. And like, I don't think he wants to retire and I don't think, I don't think Sean McVay wants him to retire. You know, the question is with Baker, you know, ba- I mean, Baker, like Russell Wilson, you know, was in college for a very long time. So he's not exactly young. He's 27 years old. Now, plenty of run left in his, you know, that's plenty young. He's younger than Jared Goff. He's actually a year older than uh, Stetson Bennett, I think. <laughs> yeah. Stetson Bennett's the same age as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. 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 I know. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was, gonna I know you're going to say everyone saw the tweet, but. Not everyone. Oh, no, I got a text from somebody who mentioned that. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. He was like, I stole it from ESPN. I was like, oh, thanks. Oh. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder if like I, I don't think it's crazy to say that that Matthew Stafford would play one more year and then retire. I don't think that's out of control. Like he has a $31 million base salary in 2024. So I think it's easier to get out of it after 2023. Um yeah, Breach made the point while you were um getting Prisco off your off your internet that if Baker wants to pull a, Bl- a Blake Bortles, well, you made fun of Prisco, and then you I did say Prisco, and my internet immediately crashed. Yeah, <laughs> but if, if Baker is comfortable in LA and, and knows that he'll get the job in a year, he might want to take the take a mental health year off and, and just sort of, you know, to to quote Marshawn, get his mentals right and. 
come back two years from now or, you know, after Matthew Stafford leaves after the 23 season and, and get and after You're it. like immersing yourself in Sean McVay's playbook. And I, again, I would argue don't learn anything. Just just go out there and free wing it like, all the time. Yeah, it works. Like you don't need to overcomplicate things. I, I love that style of play. That's my style of play. I mean, we make fun of, of these college quarterbacks for, for being street ballers and whatever, you know, they, 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 they can't play, you know, they're out there, Brett Favre it up. And Brett Favre admittedly didn't know a whole bunch. Like he, you know, he he joked that he didn't know what cover two was. Wait, wait, who else? Who came in on? Um, I, I don't think that was a joke. That was uh, when he got to the NFL. He didn't know what it was. And, and where is he, he now? I mean, he learned while he was in well, the NFL. Not, see, where, where is he now, football wise? <laughs> He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He um, may be somewhere else later, but that's not the point of the right, podcast. Right. Maybe in another different suit later. Another um, hall. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, what? Who was it on? Was it Sunday? Somebody else came in and like, it wasn't Tyler Huntley because he's done it before, but it's like a lot of times you can come off the bench cold. And yeah, there are countless examples of quarterbacks showing up and balling was, out. We saw, Brock, we saw Brock Purdy do it. A seventh That's round draft pick. You know? I'm looking for Brock Purdy. Yeah. Thank you, Breach. Brock Purdy, it's, a rich man. Like, it, it does, and it's not even anecdotal. It's like these guys have talked about this. It's like it's a little bit easier to just, you're the adrenaline rush, you come off the bench. You go in, you just start making plays and, and doing what you do, and your coach knows that that's going on, so they're simplifying things for you to a degree if they're a good coach. Whereas, you know, we have a, a case of a very bad offensive line with the Rams. I mean, Rob Havenstein, my God. Tough day. for holding more, buddy. The refs just eventually gave up and stopped calling it on him. And then it worked. He so. <laughs> just kept holding, and they just stopped calling it. Um, and – you magnify it. You look at this, the graphic we got up on the, uh, the YouTube page. It's the last two drives when Baker really had to just sort of cut loose. Like the moments where he was best was the, the first drive, maybe first two drives when he's whipping it downfield. And then the, you know, where it's like, I have nothing to lose. That's the Brett Favre mentality you're talking about. It, it, it's, a, it's just a lot tougher when you have a bad offensive line in front of a quarterback who has, you know, struggled a bit, although maybe this is a confidence booster and, um, you know, you look at the Rams' schedule. I, again, we're not suggesting they're going to make the playoffs. Breach did. Yeah, Monday night football in Green Bay. By the way, you mentioned the Monday night Tampa Bay game, and this game had the same score, and you mentioned the similarities. I don't even think you two numb nuts would argue that Tom Brady played better than Baker. Baker outplayed Tom Brady. Um, no, I mean, you're comparing two different games in two different situations, but yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, that's what I said at the beginning of the podcast. I was more wowed by what Baker Mayfield did. Yeah, that's all. What Tom Brady did. Well, that's it's more surprising for Baker Mayfield to do it than Tom Brady. You, you think? But well, yeah, but like, I mean, <laughs> look at his first six drives: seven to 15, 89 yards. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I thought I was. It, it's a, it's a greater degree of difficulty for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Breach, did you give us the Rams? Break no, we didn't else? take the break yet. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, Breach will tell us what has to happen for the Rams to make the playoffs. Next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, 
the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I know the number one thing the Rams have to do to make the playoffs breach. Win out. out. And to win out, they had to win Thursday night. Literally, if the Rams would have lost on Thursday night to the Raiders, they would have been eliminated. If the Rams lose any more games, they're eliminated. So it's not even... Uh, you know, they can go four and one and all this other stuff has to happen. No, they have to win every single game. So that makes this comeback even crazier. And no, we don't think the Rams are going to make the playoffs. But the fact that they are still alive, and we'll obviously talk about the Raiders choke job and what it did their playoff hopes here in a few minutes. Uh, mm. So the number two thing that has to happen besides the Rams winning out is that either the commanders or the Giants, one of them, must lose out. And so obviously they play each other in week 15. The loser mm. of that game will have to lose the rest of their games. I don't think it's crazy to think the Giants could lose out. They lose to the Commanders. They have to play the Eagles twice. They still play the Vikings. Uh, and then they have a game against the Colts, which would be the most winnable one. But if you look at the Eagles twice and the Commanders, that's... Uh... So, Breach, if those if Washington and New York tie, then that, that screws the Rams. Is that correct? Uh, no, because the Rams can still get to 8-9 and... Nine and uh, Two, two tosses is a uh, two tosses two lo- two ties is a loss right so it would end up it, toss it would get i i kept it simple i left the tying part because i was just asking for a curious every team. game could okay. end up in a tie uh but granted those two teams did already tie so yeah. all right what's next what's the next one? uh number three the seahawks have to lose out seahawks Ooh. have a plucky panthers team then they play the 49ers <laughs> 49ers chiefs and jets which They'll probably be underdogs in all three of those games. Uh, obviously, the favored. And then, they close with? and then they close with the Rams. Yeah. Could you imagine if the Seahawks lost out and the Rams, everything had happened? And then NBC's like, oh, my God, should we put this on Sunday no, night? 100% Sunday night football. If it's, it's like the winner Mayfield yeah. versus Geno Smith to get to the playoffs. Oh, my God. God shoot it in my veins. And then the last thing is that no other team can finish with more than seven wins, which is noted because you know, the Lions have five wins. The Falcons have five wins. Packers have five wins. Um, so those teams can win two more games. They just can't win three more games. What is the breach percentage on the Rams making the playoffs? Um, 0.01%. Jeez, By the way, I want to, I want to, I want to note for the record, Wilson, that, okay. um, I'm writing Slack, it down. I was like, you know, we're like, Hey, Brinson, can you do a short, like maybe talk about the, uh, talk about the playoffs and like a, a crazy team that can make the playoffs. I was like, yeah, how about the lions? Like that's a, like almost a borderline impossible chance of it happening. I'll bang out a short of the lions and how they can make the playoffs breach takes this as like a, a personal insult and goes out and writes an article about how the Rams can make the playoffs a more ridiculous long shot. Like the fact that I tried to claim the long shot playoff path thing. And he's like, no, that's well, my the problem story. is you and I don't write anymore. And he's, yeah. he's still ramping up the stupidity uh, on the playoff impo- NFL playoff impossible question mark. <laughs> now three and nine Rams could still make playoffs starting with Thursday's game versus Raiders. Breach, you should teach a class on writing headlines. You really should. Yeah. What are you doing is writing stuff. I don't know. Uh, Rams, according to 538, which does it, does their stuff pretty quickly. The Rams now at uh, four and nine. They are, uh, 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 is that under? Uh, I think it's less than 0.1% chance of making the playoffs. 
which is what in line with Breach's numbers. Yeah, my number is point zero one. We don't even listen to five thirty eight. We've got wins over Wilson, and we've got <laughs> Breach thirty eight. Yeah, Breach thirty eight. <laughs> five thirty eight. There's a path there for real. No, there's not. We we just explained to you that it's I want, the, than, I want the Rams to make the playoffs. It's like all of a sudden it's like, wait, Matthew Stafford's still available for the Super Bowl? Hello. Obviously, but you start Baker. Baker gets to the Super Bowl. You're not starting Matthew yes, Stafford. Right. He's a spinal contusion. I'm bringing him back for the playoffs. <laughs> all right. So the Raiders. We spent a lot of time on the Rams. Let's talk about the Raiders. Oh my God. This is do we have sad music? Do we have like the funeral? So I mentioned this while you were fighting off the Prisco's, Brinson, and Jerry Taylor is the biggest loser of the evening, personally. For that, Rams had some bad ones too, but that that was real bad. That was the the, the game is over. Max Crosby just had a sack. There was one. He knocked minute, the ball out of his hand. One thirty-seven and changed to go. The ball would have been. Uh, <laughs> I wrote my notes. Jerry Taylor is a dumbass. Well, uh, you know what? <laughs> the ball would have been at the thirteen-yard line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. Uh, no. It, uh, yeah, it would have been at the 13-yard line, and the clock was running with 120 to go. Instead, he slaps the ball out of his hands, clock stops, moves to the 28-yard line, and the rest is history. Let me ask you guys this. Um, I mean, I, it, obviously, it's, like, kind of stupid that that's a 15-yard penalty, but it's, like, way stupider to do that, right? Don't do it. Like, Here's an yeah, easy way not to get flagged. All out of the quarterback's hands. So well, I think when it first happened, we saw the flag. We thought it might be roughing the passer. Yes. And so it's like, you cannot call that in this situation. But then when you saw that it was taunting and what he did, it was like, hey, man, it's not a great that that's the deal, that those are the rules, but that's a clear, well, you broke the rules, that penalty flag had to be thrown. And, and also it's like, okay, first it's an idiot move to slap the ball in the quarterback's hands. Just but maybe more importantly is the Rams had no timeouts, right? None. No timeouts. The clock is running. The quarterback is in possession of the ball. His goal is to sprint up to the line of scrimmage and get the ball set. If you knock the ball out of his hands, you are it's a like you are delaying the game through right, which you can be penalized for if it's, taunting didn't exist. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, they gave him one sportsmanlike. They didn't even give him taunting. Right, right. But I mean, like that's it's it's the it's you know, if let's say a wide receiver catches a pass on the 10-yard line and there's seven seconds left. And he stands up. He starts to run back to the to to get the ball, you know, uh, spotted. And some, and like some DB, just swats it out of his hands out of nowhere. You are literally delaying the game through an, a completely unnecessary act. You have to throw that flag. It is an it is an inexcusable penalty. Uh, I mean, you could even argue that wasn't even their worst penalty of the final five minutes of the fourth quarter because Cleveland Farrell jumped off sides on. Oh, on a punt with the, the, oh, game, the game is 16 to three and the Rams are facing a fourth and three, fourth and three from their own 32. They're surrendering. They're raving the white flag. They're saying we're punting Raiders. You can have the ball back. This is over. We're going to go home. Baker gave, he gave it the old college try. He was feeling a little dangerous, but not dangerous enough. <laughs> Farrell jumps offside three first down because five yard pound. They only needed three yards. And then boom, the Rams continue that drive and score the touchdown there. So that's kind of that penalty is the one that set the ball rolling on this just total meltdown and and utter failure by the Raiders, who, by the way, uh, have now lost four games this season when leading by 13 or more points. Uh, and also, Owen oh, you just stole you just stole my Billy stat. I just read that. Oh, that yeah, that's, no, no. The other one was they're 0 and four the season when leading by double digits at halftime. Uh, which is the most by any NFL team in a single season since 1930. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! 
I don't. I don't know. No, that's uh, that's Archer. Also, Bob's Burgers, I believe. I don't know what the answer is for the Raiders. Like they, they were. I'm sure, Breach, you had your Raiders make the playoffs conversation ready to go. That's that's a wrap. Yep. Because they, you know, they talked about the telecasts. They were six and seven last year this time, and of course they they went to the playoffs, and uh, they got screwed by the Bengals in that game that we don't have to talk about right now. But um, this is a completely different team. Yeah, by, by the way, the other the other penalty too um, on the on the Rams that was really bad was uh, Shelton's unnecessary roughness, yep. where Mayfield hit Hopkins to the Raiders twenty eight to make it uh, fourth and eight. And their Matt Gay's coming out to kick a forty five yard field goal, and he makes it or forty six I guess, and he makes it sixty one yard field goal. They kicked anyway. Um, it's just two two teams that were like weren't very smart in this particular game. But to your point, Wilson, I mean, again, Josh McDaniel's not in the hot seat. Because we we already know Mark Davis said it's not going to happen, and I think those three wins helped them a lot. They can still close out and get close to five hundred, but this is an embarrassing loss. You're up sixteen to three. Oh yeah, undoubtedly you lose to a quarterback that doesn't know anyone's name on the team. Uh, but I, this is one of the rare instances where I'm not even blaming Josh McDaniels. Like, there's only so much you can do. Um, <laughs> as my friend likes to say, you can't fix stupid, and there's a lot. There's stupidity running rampant. You can't can't fix dumb. Uh, there's What's the dumbass quote by Jimmy Buffett? I don't know. I'm not a Jimmy Buffett guy, but um, there's only so much you can control on the sidelines. And you know, I I didn't realize that Derek Carr had such terrible numbers. He he looked like he played better than than 11 for 20 for 137. That he had two interceptions. The last one came on the very last throw when he was no doubt fighting back tears because of the way they lost that football game. Uh, Josh Jacobs got hurt, but he still had had a pretty good night. Uh, Devontae Adams was awesome on his three receptions uh, over Jalen Ramsey, but there's absolutely no excuse for losing this game, but there are a list of games, as you noted, Breach, on this schedule for the Ra- the Raiders. They had no business losing that they found new and exciting ways to lose football games. Uh, by the way, the, the the line for Jimmy Buffett is "There's no dumbass vaccine." Yeah, there's that too. It's a very long. For the record, do, do you want to know how bad Derek Carr was? Um, I do. Here is what Derek Carr did in the second half: two of seven for eleven yards. Is that good? Up oh, yeah. oh, and an interception. End of the game interception. What was the first interception? I'm trying to remember. What was that one? The one right before halftime when he. Oh, in the end zone. An all time. What was he doing bag. there? I mean, that was all time. Oh. He got he got hit by Greg Gaines, but that's uh, no excuse. Like, nah, he threw it where it, it went where he was aiming, but the first. <laughs> I hit where he was aiming. That ball, that ball was like a Frisco likes, oh likes to say a helium balloon. It was like. Yeah, that. that was a short arm punt. Yeah. I Boom. Mean, Roasted. Wow. I like Billy. Billy's, Billy's been really taking to heart uh, the, the orders from corporate to dive into the memes. Spend your day looking for memes on the, uh, the show. It. I like it. Um, yeah. Derek Carr was not great in this game. He had a it's couple. Terrible. He threw it up to, De- to Devontae Adams three times, and those were the, the one best. throw where Adams, the catch by Adams on the sideline, the left sideline against Ramsey in that the coverage. That was a sick throw. And he yeah. didn't really keep throwing well, Adams. Then he used all of his magic powers on that throw because there was nothing else in the tank for the rest he, of the game. He finished 11 to 20 for 137 yards and two picks. He was substantially worse than Baker Mayfield in much better conditions, in which they gave Josh Jacobs 27 carries. With a bad calf and, and a, a busted pinky. By the way, Josh Jacobs is a total dog, man. Mm-hmm. Like he came out that like when you saw him land on that right hand, 
it, I thought he sprained his wrist, but apparently it was like the right pink. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's a right pinky fracture or something like that. Um, didn't crack 100 yards, but 27 carries, 99, 3.7 per carry for you math majors out there, and one mm. touchdown. And there was nothing in the passing game. I mean, nothing. Like, credit to the Rams defense with no Aaron Donald. You know, they're sitting everybody on offense. Anyone who's remotely hurt and out there. And that, like, that team keeps fighting. I, I give Sean McVay a lot of credit for this. I, I, agree, I agree with you, Wilson. I don't blame Josh McDaniels for what happened, but how many times can you cough up a lead like this? Four so far. And there's still <laughs> more five games to go. Who finishes, who finishes with more wins? The Raiders. Raiders or the Rams? I'm not willing to jump on the Baker train. I need to tell how he plays next week. This was fun, and I loved it, and I'm happy for him. But I'm not, you know, this is the old, as Eric Casillas likes to say, the Lucy and the football trick with Charlie Brown. Like, I, at some point, I, I'm just going to wait. Do you think at any point the Panthers were watching Baker play and like, what the? Oh, yeah, why was Baker holding out? What was this? Uh, no, they were like, my God, that coaching staff in LA is so much better than our <laughs> offensive coaching staff. That's what they were thinking. Boom, roasted. I don't think so because I mean, Baker, Baker. We saw this Baker two years ago when they when he beat the crap out of the Steelers in that playoff game. And that season, he was he was pretty good. And then the Browns Browns it up, and then you're not gonna have a chance. Like I don't know who's gonna have success in Carolina. But right, that's is, what I'm saying is that he, you're just – by playing for Sean McVay as a quarterback, you are automatically set up for better success than almost you would be with any other team, especially the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, all right. I can't argue with that. All right. Uh, I'm told we're supposed to give out winners and losers. I'm going to ask – what time is it? 35. Breach, you have two minutes to explain to me the, the uh, wonders – of putting the ball on top of the tee, something that I've never seen before. Josh McDaniels and the Raiders actually check with the league before. Okay, it's okay to put the ball not on the tee, but literally on top of the little pointy part of the tee. Have someone hold it so you can kick the ball higher. Had you ever heard of anything like that? Uh, I had not. They started doing this on Sunday, so in week 13. And I, the only reason I noticed it is because I haven't been out in California for a bunch of Raiders fans, and people are like, "Why are they? Why? Why is the ball on the tee?" Someone explain this. Uh, and so they do that so that Daniel Carlson can get more height on his kickoff. So apparently they are trying to kick it a little bit shorter. You know, most teams are just kicking out of the end zone and taking the touchback. And it looks like McDaniel's strategy is let's try and kick it really high, get a ton of hang time, have him catch it a yard or two deep, and then, uh, you know, hold him to a 15-yard return. They'll be starting at their own 15. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting plan. I would say that it's... I'm not sure how effective it was in this didn't game. Didn't make Derek Carr any better. <laughs> it did not make Derek Carr any better. Um, yeah, so I was just looking at where the Rams started most of their drives. I don't think they started a single one inside their own 25. Okay, they started. Yeah, so anyway, I mean. Were the, were the, wait, were the Rams did? Yeah, because we're talking about the Raiders kickoff. Right, so the Raiders, after they scored their opening touchdown, the Rams started their their possession at the 32, so their plan didn't work. A touchback would have been better. The second drive, they started at the 34. Touchback would have been better. Third drive, they started at the 22. But I feel like, uh, you know, so it's just how much do you trust your coverage team? Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I see your shade on the kickoffs, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, one, right? Eight, on the 18, maybe? Yeah, so it's it's a it's an interesting strategy, and apparently, uh, you know, if they're 
now doing it for two games, they they liked what they saw or what they thought they could do. They might reevaluate now. Yeah. Just like they're going to reevaluate everything they do in that organization because, my God, they blew a 16-3 lead to one of the worst offenses in the NFL. All right. Uh, actually, I'm told we're, uh, corporate says we're not doing winners and losers. Mm. Uh, apparently, that violates HR policies across the board. So, uh, instead, we're just giving out game balls. Okay. You can. Uh, who wants to start? Breaking starts. Can... We'll take the easy one. I know. By the way, uh, just totally random note. I'm, I, this surprises me. Um, only I could hear this like through my headphones when the Amazon get coverage ends of the game. It doesn't go to anything else. It just goes to like a your event has ended and like some like oddly annoying music that's supposed to be soothing. That's how mm. I want it. I, mean, I think I can't just play Jack Reacher, bro. I don't know. Like I mean, play Jack Reacher. <laughs> that, that would be an opportunity to to roll into some something they're trying to. Maybe, maybe should maybe should uh, pay us to come do the podcast there. Uh, I would never do that because I work for CBS. But I mean, I would. You do you. I'll leave it at that. Seems a simulcast, man. <laughs> Brinson just out here. I just saying, if Jeff Bezos wants to give me Amazon money, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Bridge, who's your game? You don't find that suspicious. <laughs> I find it suspicious. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to take the easy one. I'm going to give my game ball to the man, the myth, the legend, the guy from Miami of Ohio where I went oh. to school, Sean McVay. Look, you know what? First, he had to make the decision and call up Les Snead say, you know what, let's go make a waiver claim for Baker Mayfield because we are down to our second-string quarterback. He has a neck injury, so we might be down to our third-string quarterback. I would rather have Baker Mayfield than a second-string quarterback with an injured neck. What do you do? You fly him in. He gets a playbook. He studies it for five minutes, and he beats the Raiders. Uh, so Sean McVay, for, and, you know, for simply simplifying the game plan so that Baker Mayfield could have a game like this. You know, not many coaches have ever been put in a position where they have to develop an entire game plan for a guy who has been on the team for less than 48 hours. And for McVay to do that and for that game plan to work and come away with the win, I think, is uh, says a lot about how good of a coach he is. No Cooper Cup, no Aaron Donald. Baker just rolls off the plane. Wearing sweatpants, no doubt. Probably no shirt. And just starts no, slinging it. No, he had on. Oh, he had on his dangerous shirt. shirt. I can actually hear the zipper. Are you are you giving your game out of Baker? Or are you no, I'm going with uh, Skaronic, who had seven catches for 89 yards. And I was watching him play thinking, I watched this guy at Notre Dame, and I was completely and wholly unimpressed. The Senior Bowl, he was outmatched physically by every cornerback uh, that he went up against in the one-on-one drills. And the dude just shows up and makes plays. Like he's he's not Cooper Cup, other than they're they're both white. Um, but he's stepped into a, a, a role and made some big plays and none bigger than that catch he had after the Jerry Tillery idiocy that kept that drive alive. So I'll give it to the old seventh rounder, Brent Skronik. Very nice of you all to give me the layup at the end of the the layup line. I'm gonna take Baker Mayfield for the game ball. Uh this quote is legendary. Ben Scrum, friend of the podcast. Jordan Rodrigue, who covers the Rams for the Athletic, former Panthers beat writer as well. Baker Mayfield, he finishes all his interviews, walking back through the locker room to exit, turns and looks at a PR staffer, like a member of the, the public relations team for the Rams, and goes, all right, where the hell do I go? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Baker Mayfield has been on the Rams as of now, like 40 or I guess 57 hours or something like that. He was claimed by the Rams. It's not official until 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon. He did know at the time, I believe, didn't somebody put this in uh, Slack, that he knew the Rams were claiming him 
and they may have been so early in the process that it's it was possible his agent hit up the other teams were like, hey, listen, um, you know, you call uh, you call the Texans. Are you claiming Baker? No, you're good, man. You call you know, like there's because didn't he book a ticket? That's the word on the street. I mean, it, it's not inconceivable at all that you would that you could figure out because the Rams were you basically call Denver, Houston, and Chicago and say, are you claiming Baker? And they're like, we're, like, we're just trying to figure out, we, we want to, we, we, if you are, we want to make sure we get a plane ticket, you know, so he can get there as fast as possible. They're like, no, we're not claiming him. Don't worry about it. You know, go ahead. And then the Rams are like, yeah, we're claiming him. You booked that ticket. And that's why you're, you already had a, already headed out to LA because you know, he's going to go there. That's how high the Rams claim was. Um, less than 24 hours or 48 hours, excuse me, to prep with the playbook. And the dude leads two drives in the final 10 minutes. What did I say? 10 minutes? 12. Final 12 minutes to 25 seconds. Two touchdown drives to beat the Raiders and just sort of give some life to a season for the Rams that was completely fading away mm-hmm. and really you know, shiv the Lions in the side because now the Lions draft pick a little bit lower. And to Brenton, you just mentioned uh, Jordan Rodriguez. She also tweeted out, this combines both of our game balls, mm. that Sean McVay said that he and Baker Mayfield, in practice on Wednesday, that Baker had two periods where he ran 10 plays in each period, and that was it. That was all the practice got Baker got with the Rams before playing in this game on Thursday night. I'm standing by my theory. Do not give that man a playbook. No, you start John Walford in week 14, week 15. <laughs> And you, then you're like, Baker's like, what the F? And then you're like, I'm just kidding. After one series, you're like, Baker, you're in. Don't worry about the playbook. You go. Be Baker. Um, incredible, incredibly weird uh, four days of football. Hopefully we get a good uh, good Sunday. I feel like Sunday could be, I feel like Sunday could be really weird. Good. Get weird. Try. Get right. weird. Thanks for get listening. Weird. Thanks for watching. For Breach. For Wilson. I'm Brinson. See you guys later. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.